And you may be seated. How many got something that you could say, I'm grateful for the Lord. I am thankful for this. Something in your mind right now, you could say, man, I am just so thankful for God for this specific thing in my life. Would you raise your hand? Like seven of you, nobody else? <laughs> Great. Well, I do. I am thankful that I am alive and well. I don't know if it was just a, an adrenaline rush today because I had a monster and I had Starbucks, but whatever it is, I just felt really good this morning and so clear-minded about the goodness of God. And I don't usually feel that way on most mornings because I don't like mornings. But this morning I woke up and I just realized, man, I have so much to thank God for. I really get excited when I have unexpected things come in my life that are good. Like, for instance, you get more back in your taxes. Your tax refund's great. That's a good, unexpected situation. I had a 40th uh, birthday party. It was unexpected. It was a surprise. That's a good thing, right? There's a lot of good, unexpected things that come in our life, and you really like it. And then there's some things that come in your life that are unexpected that you really don't like, like an unexpected breakup. How many ever have one of those? Really? None of you had a breakup? Wonderful. How about unexpectedly you paid more in your taxes? You got nothing back. I had that last year, $4,000 I had to pay out. That was unexpected. It wasn't pleasant. There's a lot of things in our life that can come that are unexpected, that are difficult, they're not planned, and they're not good. Unexpected health issues. A friend of mine just passed away yesterday um, because the surgery didn't go well and it was unexpected. And it, it was shocking for me. When you have bad things happen that are unexpected, they're, they're just overwhelming and frustrating. But whether good or bad, unexpected things will at some point happen in your life. I'm going to echo what Victor says so often. I'm just not going to say it the same way. He said, either you've been through something, you're going through something, or you eventually will go through something. And often it's unexpected. It's not that it's going to happen. It's just when is it going to happen? And when it does happen, how are you going to handle it? What are you going to do with it? Because all of us are going to go through some unexpected situations. And the biggest question is, when it happens, specifically these unexpected bad things, how are you going to handle it? The cross of Jesus Christ never took him by surprise. People said, why the cross? Well, Jesus Christ knew exactly why the cross was meant for him to die on. It was not an unexpected thing. He was clear-minded. He knew exactly when he was going to die, how he was going to die, and the place in which he was going to die in, which would be Calvary. So for the believer, the cross is substantially different because a Christian's cross in its fullness uh, is never predictable or foreseeable. We just don't know when and how it's going to come in our lives. But this is for certain. For every believer, it is a necessity to experience a cross and a cross that you'll have to bear. It is impossible to bypass that. There's no way around it. It's just, when is it going to happen? It tests our faith. It tests our well-being, our ability to think spiritually in the midst of difficulty. And when these things happen, it's either going to kill us, literally, cause us to quit, or it's going to make us better people for Jesus Christ. I think about the unexpected cross in our lives and how they come at different times. I mean, I know I'm going to get a cross in my life. I know things are going to happen. But the unexpected cross is, those, is that cross that I don't... I want to be ready. 
You know what I'm saying? I, I want to be prepared. I want to know what it looks like. Like Jesus was ready and he knew what it was going to look like. But it doesn't work that way for all of us. The picture of the unexpected cross is actually illustrated by one man's life. And I want to look at his life because there's not a whole lot said in biblical history about this individual named Simon. But he was one individual in biblical literature that we don't know a whole lot about, but he illustrated how to handle an unexpected cross. And it was literally an unexpected physical cross that he would bear. The story is in Luke chapter 23. I'm going to read it to you in just a minute. And uh, I, I want to illustrate this, this subject, if you would, by using his life of the unexpected cross. I, um, I often think I have crosses I bear in my life, and they're really not crosses at all. I, I, even on this trip, I, I got up and I'm thinking, when we were in Dallas, this is going to be beautiful weather and everything was iced over, and I'm thinking to myself, this is my cross I must bear. <laughs> I shaved my head. I know you think I'm naturally bald, but it's not. Some of it has to be removed physically by myself, you know. So I take a Mach 5, and I, and I was taking a Mach 5 and shaving, and I got more than hair. A big chunk of my head came off. And I'm like, this is, this is my cross I must bear until 3 in the morning. It just kept on bleeding. Finally, I fall asleep. And yeah, I know, this is gruesome, right? This is my cross. <laughs> and uh, I fell asleep and just kind of dried there on the pillow. And I rolled over, and I was like, oh! It's like, that's my cross I must bear. And it just got worse. I had this jacket. I love my jacket. Can I show you my jacket if you haven't seen it? My wife bought me this jacket. I'm so proud of it. Yes, this is my jacket. She got it on Amazon. Yeah, I wore this jacket proudly. You know why I wore it? Because I thought I looked legit. I looked nice. Because my wife bought it. Look at this, guys. I'm not even going to zip it up. Doesn't this look good, right? I... I learned very quickly that I don't look like a smooth 44-year-old man. I've learned that I look like Gru and I didn't even know it. Off the minions, one after another, would say, hey, Gru, hey, Gru. And I'm like, what does that mean? And then finally I caught on when my brother, my sarcastic brother that was there, said, Dave, Gru, off the minions, you look like Gru. I'm like, why, because I'm bald? What? No, because your jacket and you're bald. I'm like that just just this is my cross I must bear for the rest of the time I'm here. I can't just put on my life jacket. It's it's freezing outside. I have a hole in my head that's not my mouth, that's not my ears. It's in the back of my head. I am literally wearing a coat that makes me look like the minions boss. I am frustrated because it's everything's iced over. Can this get much worse? This is my cross that I must bear. No, it's not. It's not even close. So yes, it's a horrible thing that you have arthritis. God forbid that you have to go through circumstances of life, but your physical issues are not your cross. There's a confusion with believers in Jesus Christ. And the confusion is that we're bearing a cross every day because we either have a hangnail or some physical circumstance that's weighing us down. This is my cross. I'm just going to get through. I've just got to make it. The reality is you're doing just fine. That's not really the cross. And if you think that's your cross, man, the unexpected cross is going to catch you unaware. And you're going to be shocked when it comes. The picture of the cross is often revealed through the trials of a Christian's life. It's the persecution and it's the tribulation for the name of Jesus Christ. 
Often we think we're going through persecution, but the reality is we haven't faced persecution just yet. Trials? Maybe. Persecution? Mm, I doubt it. Bearing the cross is in reference to these persecutions, these trials, but it is not in reference to physical afflictions. So make sure you understand the difference between them. Now the physical cross of Jesus Christ is defined by physical pain and, 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 and difficulties in the sense of his body being literally tore and, and, and crucified. And, 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 and we see this picture with Simon, a Cyrenian, who is bearing physically the cross as well. But it's a beautiful picture for us. It's funny you use the word beautiful when we're using the word cross because we can understand how we are to carry our cross when that comes in our life. Luke chapter 23, verse 24. Pilate just gave a sentence. He, he's releasing uh, Barabbas and he's condemning Jesus because the people were so relentless and these Jewish people said, let the blood be upon us and our children. And it was. And nearly 2,000 years later, we've seen over and over and over again the decision of the Jewish people and the consequences thereof, specifically during war and uh, the period of time of Hitler. Now, what does that mean for these people? Well, they had an opportunity that they walked away from. And that opportunity was to spare the Son of God, but it wasn't up to them. It was up to the Heavenly Father for the Son of God to die on the cross. But they watched something take place that is distinctly unique. And so in verse 25 of chapter 23 of Luke, we see this story unfold. And so they delivered Jesus to their will and did exactly as the Jewish people requested. And in verse 26 as they led him away, something profound takes place. Uh, a Cyrenian by the name of Simon was taken out of the crowd and upon him was laid the cross of Jesus Christ. Now this is just bizarre because this doesn't happen during a crucifixion. It wouldn't matter how long it takes. You are the convicted one, and you will bear your own cross all the way to the top of whatever hill, mountain that they will be crucified on. But in this particular situation, we see something unfold that's not normal in Roman history during a crucifixion. Somebody helps bear a cross with the convicted. Very unique. And this man's name is Simon. And he was coming out of his country, and he was totally and all of the circumstances at hand. Now let me make sure you understand. What's taking place here is the celebration of the Passover. And so we have people from all different countries and cities coming together in towns to celebrate. And in the midst of it is this chaos. And this man chosen for this moment to bear a cross that he didn't see. There's some things to keep in mind when you're bearing the unexpected cross. And these things are revealed in Scripture in Luke chapter 23. And so I'm going to look at them with you. And I hope that these things help you bear your cross as God allows it to be in your life. Now, when I say allows, that means He will allow it, but you choose to take it. Mm 
Mm. Y'all follow me? Yes, sir. Just because he allows it doesn't mean you'll choose to take it. And you can't be his disciple unless you do take it. And so what does that mean for us as believers when we take upon us and bear the unexpected cross, those things that come in our life and when we least expect it? First thing I want you to understand when bearing the unexpected cross, the Lord will limit the weight. The Lord will limit the weight. In Luke chapter 23 and verse 26, they led him away and laid hold on Simon of Cyrene and coming out of the country. And on him they laid the cross that he may bear it after Jesus. Interesting thing. Matthew echoes this in Matthew 27, verse 32. And as they came out, they found a man, a Serene, and, and his name was Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear the cross. Now, when I look at this, there's some things that come to light that I need you to understand. First, notice with me in verse 27, chapter 27, verse 32. The Bible specifically says, His cross. Now, I believe that's in reference of two things. One, it's in reference of Jesus' cross. Two, it's in reference of Simon's cross, his cross. They are both bearing a cross. It's important to understand that the cross was not carried by Simon alone. It was carried by Jesus as well. Why is that important? In just a minute, you'll understand when bearing the unexpected cross in your own life. Because that cross was carried by Jesus. It was carried by Simon. It was carried all the way to the end of the journey to the top of Mount Calvary. Jesus will never ask us to do something that he wouldn't do himself. And when he asks us to do something, he will bear it and do it with us. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Now, with that in mind, the Lord will limit the weight. In order for him to limit the weight, this is very important. If you want to write it down, write it down. If you've got a great memory, good for you. I don't. You have to be willing to let him help you. I know that seems cliche, but it's important to understand. You have to be willing to let him help you. Let me reference Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. And the reason I'm going to reference this is this is the teachings of Jesus Christ. And he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's very important to understand the wording here. Heavy laden is, is the Greek perfect passive uh, participle. And I'm not a very smart man, but I do know this. When it comes to the perfect passive participle, it means that something or someone in the past laid something upon that individual. Some type of burden, heavy laden. Now watch, for you and me, when bearing the cross, that weight and, and, and that pressure of the unexpected cross, often it comes from something or somewhere. So in reference to Matthew chapter 11, when he says, come to me, all ye that are heavy laden, he's talking about you that are bearing something that was either put on you by somebody or you put on it yourself. Often it could be a number of things. I believe when Jesus is referencing this, he was speaking of religion. Matthew uh, chapter 23 and verse 4, he addresses the Pharisees and the religious rulers and how they've created these heavy, heavy burdens that were so heavy to bear that nobody could handle them, specifically dealing with the rules and restrictions of Judaism. And he said, this is impossible. And if the Son of God says it's impossible, then it's impossible for anybody to maintain. So often when you're bearing these unexpected circumstances as we address his cross, the cross, it, the Lord will limit the weight, but you have to be willing to let him help you. And you have to understand what those things are. Religion, also uh, persecution is often 
an illustration of, of, of what we would call an unexpected cross. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 9 says, we're persecuted but not forsaken. In other words, there's no doubt you will be persecuted. Now, I don't know what that looks like for you, but I can guarantee you your children, your grandchildren will eventually experience persecution. It's going that direction. Now, religion, I can, I can go to the Lord Jesus Christ and His Word and I can understand what is necessary and what is unnecessary. I can understand that there are some decisions I've made in my life for my family that are not biblical and I can remove that burden and quit claiming it as a cross that we have to bear. It's a pressure in our life. It's unnecessary. I can give that to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm liberated. I, I'm free. I don't have the restrictions of the law. But when it comes to persecution, that's unforeseen. I don't know how or which way it's going to come into my life, but I know when I am persecuted, I'm not forsaken. I'm not in this alone. But that is going to be a, a pressure that I'm going to feel, but I, can't go I, I won't go through it alone. Also, opinions. According to Romans chapter 14, and verse 1, uh, we don't need to quarrel over different opinions, according to Paul, because those opinions become burdens. See, it's good to receive counsel. It's important for you to seek counsel, but counsel often can be opinions, and if you're not careful, those opinions become burdens. Y'all yeah. following me? And what we need to do is sift every one of these areas and make sure, hey, is this really a persecution? Is this really a necessity in my life to listen to this individual, this opinion? Is this religious idea that I've developed really according to God's word, or are these just things that I have inflicted upon myself and they're weighing me down? Because if you don't understand that, then you won't be able to bear the cross that is a reality. Yeah. Is everybody with me? Yeah. I, I think we've created things in our life, and we're not allowing God to help us with those things because we don't want to face the reality that these are problems that we have inflicted and nobody else did. We've created these issues. And we're not talking specifically about persecution. I hope you're still with me and this is making sense. I want you to understand, too often we blame Satan for our problems. Our, our circumstances, but behind it all is really us. We're the reason we're going through A, B, and C. And it's not a cross that we're bearing. It's just a situation we have inflicted upon ourselves. You have to be willing to let him help you. Sometimes we carry things alone because we don't know, uh, we don't know which direction to go to release those circumstances and to pull them off. And I believe if we don't filter and sift everything through God's word, we're going to carry things that are not burdensome. We're going to carry things, let me say it this way, that are not meant to be crosses. They're just problems that we have inflicted on ourselves. In order for him to limit the weight, you have to be willing to let him lead the way. The Bible says this, Take my yoke upon you. This is just a continuation of Matthew chapter 11. I'm drifting away from the book of Luke. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There's a difference between you leading and God leading. I think the easiest way to understand that is there's a difference between a, pap a paper map and GPS. When I was a kid, I used the paper map. I know, I look so young. But I remember traveling to Georgia and I'd have to highlight 
the route in which I'm going to take. And it was frustrating because you can't just look at the map and drive. You have to pull over or you're going to kill yourself and everybody in the car. And so I would get so frustrated. We're, we're, working, we're working hard to map out our lives when God already has an aerial view of what's going on and what our future holds. And the problem is we're not tapping into the GPS of Jesus Christ. He knows in which direction we're to go. We have to be willing to let him lead. When you're leading yourself, it's literally like you're mapping it out and it's just going to be difficult because it's like a paper map. I need to back up and just let the GPS lead the way. And the problem is, is we don't often, often this is what happens, we don't listen to what he's saying. I'm not talking about the audible voice of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about peace that leads us. If you want him, the Lord, limit the weight in your life, you have to be willing when it comes to bearing that cross to let him help you and let him lead you. Now, let me say this in reference of this verse, take my yoke upon you. It's interesting when you read that. The reason we struggle to let God lead is because we're not willing to listen to him and follow his leading. And in order to do that, you have to be willing to let him yoke you the proper way. Now, watch this. This is interesting. The yoke was understood in two ways at the time of Christ. One, it was understood by the learned. And two, it was understood by the unlearned. The learned were listening as a student because they understood that yoke was another way of saying to be schooled or schooling. And for the farmer, the yoke represented a tool that was used and applied to give, uh, uh, to give a direction for the horse and the mule. Distinctly different. Now watch this. Take my yoke upon me, uh, on you and learn of me. Notice it says learn of me. This is the schooling aspect. <laughs> Jesus is saying, if you're willing to let me lead, you have to listen to me. But also, you've got to let me control you, the farmer aspect. That means I need to make sure you're not only listening, but you're following. You're going in the direction that I'm leading you in. Because when the Lord limits the weight, it's so much easier by just allowing him to help you and lead you. And when you get to that point in your life, the cross that you're bearing becomes so much easier to bear. I feel like we're trying to do it our way in our own strength and you'll never be able to do that. You'll never, be, you'll never be consistent. You'll never be faithful to bearing your cross daily if that's the way you're thinking. Now notice with me, second of all, the Lord will lead the way. It's interesting in Luke chapter 23 and verse 26. After they laid the cross on Simon, the Bible says at the end of verse 26, toward the end, that he might bear it after Jesus, bear it after Jesus, when bearing the unexpected cross, the Lord will limit the weight, but the Lord will also lead the way in conjunction of what we just said a minute ago. What does that look like? Luke chapter 14, verse 27. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. The cross will keep you in line with Jesus. The Lord will lead the way, and while he's leading the way, it's unique the way it's designed because it will keep you in line with Jesus. When I was a kid, uh, I, did vin I did vinyl siding in Alabama with my dad, and the worst thing about vinyl siding is scaffolding because it wasn't the square scaffolding. It was the long aluminum scaffolding. We had a 16-footer, a 24-foot, and the biggest one was 30, and these long Aluminum scaffolds would be put on top of the rack of the truck, and when we get on a job, we'd have to pull that off, 
often my dad would just put it on his shoulder and it would be 30 foot and so heavy. But it was easier if dad took the front and I took the back. And, we, and he led while I followed. And whatever direction he brought me or took me, I would just follow. Now, what often would happen is he would lead in the front bearing that huge scaffold. I would find myself drifting to the left or the right because I'd have obstacles in my way and dad's not paying attention to where I'm going. But ultimately, though I'd sway to the left and the right, I still would end up in the direction he was leading me. In life, you are always going to sway to the left and the right because you're a human. But the reality is when you're bearing that cross, if you let him lead the way, then what's going to happen is you're going to end up in the direction he's leading you. The cross will keep you in line with the Lord Jesus Christ. Thinking about Simon when he was pulled out and he was requested or required, not requested by the Romans, to bear that cross and he picked up the back of the cross. He was naturally in line with Jesus at the front of the cross. I believe as Jesus picked up the front and he picked up the back, that whatever direction Jesus was leading, Simon was following. Though he would stumble, though he would fall, the Lord Jesus Christ was still leading the way and he was aligned with Jesus. You see, it's not just the cross will keep you in line with Jesus, but the cross will put you closer to Jesus. This man was following after Jesus Christ, holding on to the cross in an intimate way that nobody would have ever experienced being that close and that intimate with Jesus Christ. To think that he was there in the presence of the Son of God bearing the cross, it put him so close to Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell you, when I go through hard times, when I'm going through persecution trials and I'm bearing my cross, I have learned in a beautiful way, as odd as that may sound, that it puts me closer to Jesus. I rely on him in a way I've never relied on him before. I lean on him in a way I've never leaned on him before. The cross will also give you a better perspective of Jesus. I believe that Simon, though he may have heard of Jesus, never understood Jesus to the level he understood him at that very moment. As he walked by the multitude of people screaming at him, but Jesus remained humble. This man was watching the very Son of God and it gave him a perspective of Jesus in a way that you would never imagine. Let me tell you something. Bearing the unexpected cross will give you a different perspective of Jesus Christ. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're experiencing, whatever your cross may be, if you allow him to lead the way, I'm going to tell you, it will put you in a place that's aligned with Jesus Christ, closer to Jesus Christ, and give you a perspective, a perspective of Jesus Christ that you've never had before. I'm not going to say that some of the physical things that we go through are not somewhat of a cross that we bear and let it, the only way it is is if it's pointing people to Jesus Christ and it's giving glory to Jesus Christ I've learned in my life that there's circumstances I've experienced that it's gotten me to a point in my ministry that I have a greater perspective of Jesus of who, for who he is than any other time in my life but it was only when I was bearing the cross get this number three the Lord will limit in the end, the Lord will be lifted up. I like what the Bible says, specifically in Luke chapter 23 and verse 33. They came to a place called Calvary. And at that location, there they crucified him. 
And the Lord Jesus Christ was lifted up. Now this is something we don't think about. What about Simon at this point? He's just, he was bearing this unexpected cross and now he's at a point where he has to step aside. The work is complete. The journey is done. Now what? The Lord was lifted up and this is very important. Throughout your journey and throughout and within your story, every bit and every part of the walk is all to lift Jesus Christ up. I'm going to break it down this way. I believe that every one of us have been given a journey. And on that journey in our lives, if you want to compare it to Simon, there's circumstances and there's things that will come across that we just can't put our finger on and understand why. But in the end, within that journey comes a story. Most people don't understand that there was two other individuals with Simon. It was his two sons under the age of 15. We know very little about his background outside of the fact that he was coming from a region of Africa and he was on a journey to this specific area for one purpose, to worship and to celebrate the Passover. With him was his two children, Rufus and Alexander. Rufus and Alexander had to watch their father take this journey. Now, did they expect this to happen? No. Was there different plans? Yes. Were these boys thinking we're going to celebrate in a new area, Jerusalem? This is amazing. I'm sure. But at this very moment, they're watching their father on a journey, experiencing things he never thought he would ever experience. And within it was a story that was being told. And these boys were there to see the whole thing unfold. Now let me tell you something. Your cross is part of your story. Be careful how you carry your cross. You say, it's not fair for where I'm at in my life. I shouldn't have this. Whether you think it's fair or not, you're required to bear your cross. And let me remind you, when bearing a cross, it's often unexpected. It's often all uphill. And number three, I want you to think about this one. People are watching. People are watching the way you handle the cross and what you do with the cross. Now, these boys watched as their father carried the cross. This is a beautiful thought. And I don't know, according to biblical history, if it's actually true. But we only assume, according to Paul's writings in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 16 and verse 13, that Rufus, 20 years later, is addressed by Paul in a letter. Now watch this. He addresses the church and says, tell Rufus, compliment Rufus, applaud Rufus for his service and commitment to the Lord. But not only that, his mother too. Who is Rufus? Man, it is believed that Rufus is the son of Simon who watched his daddy bear an unexpected cross all the way to the top of Mount Calvary. It's Rufus that would walk side by side with Paul nearly 20 years later. And something happened between the cross and 20 years later that changed Rufus' life. I'm going to tell you something. Your story of your unexpected cross is not just your story. It's his story and it's their story. 
because they're all part of it. And how you handle your unexpected cross in your life will determine what their story is in the end. Because I believe that it could have been on the day of Pentecost that they accepted the Lord Jesus Christ or it was at that very moment that they watched Daddy carrying a cross that he didn't see coming. They saw his attitude. And in the end, Simon didn't drop the cross and step aside and said, I did that. Simon didn't have arrogance and self-gratification and say, I'm the one that accomplished that. In the end, the Bible says that Jesus was lifted up. And, he said, and the Bible makes it very clear. John chapter 12, verse 32. If I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men unto me. Your story is his story. And how you handle those unexpected crosses that come in your life will determine the end of your story. I think it's a beautiful thought to think that my story could possibly change the course for my children and what I do with it. So here's the question, where are you at? You say, I've got so many things that I'm doing, so many sacrifices I'm making. I just don't know if I can keep on doing this for the Lord. Some of you filled out this card last week, your 90-day challenge. You made a commitment. You said, I'm going to go 90 days of reading God's Word every single day. Even if it's one verse, I'm going to try it. I'm going to go for the next 90 days. I'm going to make it a point to either give a tithe or an offering. Some shape, form, or fashion, I'm going to do it. Whether it's weekly or at the end of the month, I'm going to give back to Thrive Church. But I'm also going to step out by faith and I'm going to serve. Whether it's in the walls of the library, Thrive Church, or outside in the community, I'm going to serve. You stepped out by faith and you said, I want to do that. But there's sacrifices that have to be made in order to do that. See, seeing, see, the cross is about sacrifice. It's about setting yourself aside and say, it's not about me. Simon could have said, I'm not going to bear that cross. He would be crazy to do so because the, the Roman soldiers would have killed him on the spot. But he could have said, no, I don't want anything to do with this man. And his children, Alexander and, and Rufus could have said, Dad, wait, do you know who this is? This is the Son of God. This is Jesus, the Messiah. But no, he didn't deny it. He embraced it. And whatever you take on, whether it's being part of Thrive Church and planting it, remember there's trials, there's tribulations, there's problems, and it's not going to be easy to go through some of these things. And I'm going to tell you, I find myself in those situations where I'm like, God, is this your will? Because I don't know if I want to keep on carrying on. But I've got to stick with it, whether it be as simple as a 90-day challenge, planting a church, or just the everyday trials and tribulations and persecutions we go through because we're believers in Jesus Christ. All I know is this, no matter what you're going through, remember the story is being told and your journey is not done. And in the end, the next generation is going to remember what you did with your cross. Would you bow with me for a word of prayer? I, I just need you to bow for a second as we pray. I want you to think on this verse, Galatians chapter 6 and, and verse 14. But God forbid that I should glory, save the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. I have nothing the glory of. Paul said it this way when speaking of preaching. Necessity is laid upon me. Woe unto me if I preach not the cross. If I not preach... If I don't do this, woe unto me. I have to. It's a necessity. So whether your cross is on you now or comes later, you have to be willing to bear it every single day. Every day, get up and pick it up. Every day, get up and pick it up. And when you pick it up, 
You have to determine you're going to go all the way to the end. Finish the journey. And on that journey, remember your story's been written. I don't know what it looks like, and I don't know what the book is going to be when it's finished, but I do know this. You're not the only one in that book. It could be your mother. It could be your father. It could be your, your children. It could be your grandchildren. But they're part of your story. And it's either going to be a really good story, it's, or it's going to be a horrible story. But it's all, it's all dependent on how you handle your cross. Because in the end, your story is his story. So my question is this, how are you bearing your cross? If you could confidently say this, say, Dave, I am definitely bearing a cross right now. I can't really say exactly what it is, but I can testify there's a cross in my life that I'm bearing right now. Would you raise your hand? Nobody's looking. I just need you to raise, raise it. Okay, very good. I'm with you. You may put your hand down. I don't know what that cross is. But you know what it is. The question is, how are you handling it? And what are you doing with it? You say, I don't have a cross in my life, Dave. Actually, I feel like my life right now, it's just me. There's a problem with that. Because either A or B. A, you're not a believer in Jesus Christ. You have never accepted him. Or B, you're a believer in Jesus Christ, but you never picked up your cross. Let's start with A. You've never accepted Jesus Christ. You're just going through the motions. You know the right words to say. You know about Jesus Christ, but there's never been an intimate, real relationship with Him. Has there ever been a time, ask yourself this question, that you have literally, intentionally, and from your heart, given your life to Jesus Christ? If you can say, without a doubt, I know for sure I'm a Christian. I have accepted Christ. There's no doubt in my mind. That is me. I'm proud to raise my hand. I am not ashamed. I'll stretch it high. Would you raise your hand like you mean it? Like you mean it. Thank you. You may put your hand down. Maybe you're in here and you say, I can't raise my hand on that one because that's not true. In my life, I'm not a believer. I've never accepted him. I'm not bearing a cross because I'm, I've never became a servant of Jesus Christ. If that's you, today is the day of salvation. I want to encourage you that you can make a decision right now to accept Jesus Christ. Is there anybody like that? Say, Dave, I want to make that decision. It doesn't require you to stand up. It doesn't require you to move forward. It doesn't require you to even move out of your seat. I just, it requires you, first of all, just to be honest between you and God. You say, that's me, Dave. I, I'm not a Christian. I haven't accepted Christ, but I want to right now. Is there anybody like that? Just gently raise your hand and say, that's me. That's where I'm at. I need a change in my life. How about, how about those that are in that category that you're a believer? And I want to be very direct with this but you've never picked up your cross. And maybe there's been an unexpected cross and you threw it down as soon as it was put on you. If that's you, I don't need you to raise your hand. I just want you to recognize who you are. Because now is the time. Because you cannot be a disciple of Jesus Christ. That means you cannot be a follower of Christ, an intentional follower of Christ, if you haven't chose to pick up your cross. And let me remind you as a believer, if you claim that your children and your grandchildren are watching you. So you better pick up your cross because it's not about performing in front of them, but it is about leading them by example. So right now, I'm asking you right where you're at in your seat without raising your hand. Would you embrace the cross that Jesus Christ has put in your life and be willing to bear it to the best of your ability? Will you serve the Lord and walk all the way down this trail, this journey, this path? 
of righteousness to the end and let Jesus Christ be lifted up in the end.